Welcome to the Social Standard Podcast. I'm Jessica Phillips, and I'm the founder and CEO of The Social Standard, a full-service influencer marketing agency. As a leader, I'm always striving to set new standards in our industry. My goal with this podcast is to highlight those who are doing the same. On each episode, our guests will take us through their own journey, what motivated and inspired them to try something new, and how they ultimately set the standard in their field. On top of that, they will provide actionable insights and ideas on how you can set the standard in your own way. So grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Social Standard Podcast. Today, we have the CEO and co-founder of TrendPop, Yohav Zimmerman. Uh, Yohav, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Hello. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to, uh, to chat. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we want to focus on today is just a little bit of a deep dive into what's happening on TikTok. So you have, I'll let you do, do your company justice and explain all of it. But just for our listeners out there, we're going to talk a lot about trends that are happening on TikTok, what's gone on this year, what we expect for next year, um, and any sort of unique insights that Yohav is able to bring to the table. So without further ado, Yohav, tell us a little bit about TrendPop. How'd you start it? Why did you start it? Um, what are your plans for you know the next couple of years? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so TrendPop, um, what we do here is we build software to help anybody grow their audiences on social media platforms. Um, and historically, we've been very, very focused on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. short form vertical video platforms, starting on TikTok now, starting to get into Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. Yep. Um, so, you know, as, as we all know, TikTok's US net ad revenues, they rose 180% in the last year, actually Isn't this that wild? year. That's crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, so there are like nearly 6 billion, the growth isn't slowing down. It's clearly, you know, going to be kind of the new frontier of advertising. So as that kind of trend continues to happen, it's every day more and more important for marketers who want to be a part of that growth to understand and be able to create virality on these platforms. Um, So that that is what our tool helps us do, helps uh, all of our customers do. Um, We help you understand, number one, what is going viral on the platform, Um, just factually, you know, what are the top trends? What are the top trends in your category? What are the top creators? What are the top hashtags? Um, Just basic facts um, to uh, about the platform, um, that are synthesized for you. So Which you I think, spend. by the way, is really important because the algorithm on TikTok is so smart. What I see versus what you see and anybody else is so vastly different. You need a tool that shows you what's happening at a, at a grand or larger scale. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a really, really key insight we had early on. Um, I mean, you know, very early on when we, when we were doing product research in this area, before we even knew of what, what we were going to build, um, we talked to a bunch of marketers in this space. Actually, we started a lot in the area of music um, mm. because TikTok um, hit the music industry way before any other industry. At, yeah, as yeah. you know, it's a very sound-based platform. Um, and right away, the music industry was kind of one of the first to kind of realize its potential um on their business and that's why they are the most advanced um uh vertical in that platform right now so anyways we started there and we were noticing that pretty much like uh, all of the serious record labels they were hiring like teams of interns basically to just browse the for you page and mm-hmm. they were doing weird tricks like oh yeah let's do one phone where you like try to get it to like wholesome memes and let's do one phone where you try to get the fyp to like 
um, hip hop genre. Hmm. And, um, and we said, you know what, like, uh, we could just build software that 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 makes these kind of processes um, obsolete, you know, we could get you directly to the content and the trends that you're interested in um, through um, automated and large scale data collection. So that's kind of one of the first pieces that we built. Wow, very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, if you remember, it's like, TikTok wasn't TikTok in the US, it was Musical.ly for a while, right? So yeah, um, yeah, music is definitely music and audio has seen such a such a bump uh, and a really strong resurgence in the last few years. It's been really interesting. And, and I think it's, I think it's smart of you guys to build a tool like that. I mean, everybody needs something. TikTok is a very hard platform to understand at a grand scale, whereas I think Instagram is a little bit easier. So um, good for you guys doing that. I know that we use it um, with our, one of our largest clients, Adobe. So we use it. We love the tool. Um, it's, you know, it's a smart play. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more about like what's what you actually see. And, and I know you mentioned a little bit like Instagram reels you're starting to get into. I'm sure YouTube shorts has got to be on the horizon then there as well. I mean, what do you guys like? Well, I guess my first question is where, where are you, where are you going to rest your laurels? Like which, which platform do you think wins out? Is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be TikTok? Is it going to be Instagram? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, my answer honestly changes like not not day to day, but like month sure. to month. Yeah. Um, I mean, TikTok is a clear winner, right? If we're just talking about the current, like it's sure. no, there, there's not even a question, you know, um, to all of the engagements on TikTok, the growth still on TikTok. I don't think they've slowed down in any way, but um, clearly, you know, some of these bigger platforms are starting to catch up. So uh, YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels are definitely the tier two players. Um, I don't think there's, uh, there's been a few, you know, mm -hmm. over the past few years, Triller, I think Snap has experimented oh. in this space, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, like there's clearly a second tier. Exactly. Um, is, you know, out of those two, you know, who's growing the fastest, I, I think it's a pretty even race. Honestly, I think both of them have a really good shot with Instagram. You have the, um, they have that, uh, you know starting line advantage of already being uh you know visual social network of instagram obviously instagram you know massive sure. um but you know on the other hand youtube has the starting advantage of uh being the arguably larger entertainment platform mm -hmm. um so more desktop users uh, more people using it on tv um and kind of long-form medium so both of those are like in areas that tiktok is wanting to expand to um even more um so you know it's a toss-up, basically. It is. Um, I, I agree uh, with you. I think 100%. It's, it, who knows, right? Because if you, even if you go back three, six months, things were definitely different. I mean, YouTube is, YouTube, I think, is making big strides. Um, they might be sort of the Trojan horse here, in my opinion. But as you think about, you know, what you mentioned, which I think is really smart, is the, where the platforms are at. But for us, being an influencer marketing agency, like, we look at where the creators are, right? And I think that that's one of the reasons why Instagram Stories was able to squash Snapchat a little bit, Right. Um, same thing arguably could happen with YouTube and Instagram squashing TikTok just because people have follower accounts. I think the reality is, is TikTok got way ahead of them, um, on that. And so that's less of an advantage, but do you think that it's going to lie in the technology and the platforms, um, in their advantages, or do you think it's going to lie in where the creators decide to spend their time? Um, I mean, that's a very good point. Uh, you bring up, and I 100% I agree with you. It's where the creators start to spend their time. Because, like, I mean, all of these platforms have, um, you know, incredible innovations, incredible engineers, incredible designers, uh, marketers. 
salespeople, you know, they mm-hmm. can all build the the thing if it's clear what sure. the thing is to build um, as that changes over time. Um, but, you know, the thing that you cannot just um, start out of scratch or the thing that's not necessarily a fully a technology problem is this like the, the network, right? Yep. And that is the hardest thing to bootstrap across many different technology companies, uh, but especially in the space where there's such fierce competition for creators um and yeah i i think uh absolutely in the past few weeks i've seen youtube shorts also mm-hmm. become a major contender especially when um uh the, with the news of them turning on monetization for shorts exactly. i think is absolutely massive um youtube has the ad model that's the yep. cool thing about youtube um, and that all... i think is uh that's why i think they're just so hard to compete with on any front yeah yeah i mean, I mean if they all... do it if they do it correctly right that's that's the big yeah and sorry to interrupt there go ahead no, absolutely. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean, any serious creator that is monetizing strictly from their contents, uh, not talking like brand deals, uh, but like just purely yeah. views, YouTube is where they make the money. It's not even a question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's the TikTok creator fund. Um, Instagram has done a little bit here and there, but like it, those platforms pale in comparison because the creator gets to experience the upside of the ad revenue on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they turn that on for shorts as well, then I think we will see a lot of creators flocking to uh, to try to get a piece of that pie um, yeah, who, who wouldn't yeah. right you'd be, you'd be crazy not to but you know there again yeah. it's, it's hard to it's hard to move your audience from one platform to another which i think we've seen time and time again so it'll be interesting to see if if people are able to do it successfully or if it's is it going to be new youtube creators right i will call them new youtube shorts creators that come up or is it going to be the people who are historically, you know, big YouTube creators that just already have that presence and are able to kind of use it as, honestly, as an advertising model for their main channel, right? Yeah. Because like, if you yeah. like this content, come here. Now, it's a, two, it's a totally different skill set, right, to go long form versus short form. But the way that a lot of YouTube creators run their businesses is that they have a lot of different people helping them do a lot of different things. So you could bring in somebody to, to help you flush out your short form video strategy, which I think most people are already doing vis-a-vis TikTok, that would be pretty easy to slide over for YouTube. But I think, you know, I was listening to some things and you probably heard this too, but Mr. Beast's talking a lot about, you know, YouTube shorts and where he thinks, he thinks that they're going to be the platform to kind of win, win all. Um, and his method, you know, his, his reasoning makes a lot of sense to me. It's essentially what we just talked about, right? It's the monetization angle, which is huge and forever the king is money, right? Um, but you also have just the fact that you can tur- you could turn yourself, you could go from YouTube shorts creator to a long form creator pretty easily, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I say pretty easily knowing that it's really, in, in reality, it's not that easy, but it makes it easier, I should say, um, yeah. you know, to, to try to figure that out. It's, it's almost like what a lot of folks do who are podcast influencers or have big audiences and they take clips, video clips, like you and I could take a video clip of something really, you know, spicy that we say and throw it on Instagram as a reel. And that then drives the audience back to us. So I think that's, that's a huge, huge play for shorts um, when it comes to longstanding YouTube creators, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one, um, we, that's one thing we commonly hear from our users who are creators, professional creators. Um, we, earlier this year, uh, early 2022, we were acquired by collab, which is, um, primarily started as a creator, like a digital creator talent network. And a lot of their, uh, clients, uh, make a bulk bulk of their revenue from YouTube, uh, long form. Um, but also like, we're like 
you know, they were big in the Vine days. So yeah. they've been in short form for for a long time. And the interplay between like long form and short form is a really interesting mm-hmm. um, space to examine. Um, there's I've seen many uh, very successful kind of tech plays on just solving that problem. I mean, sure. just taking like Twitch live com- content, just YouTube content and just and just repackaging and syndicating mm-hmm. that to other platforms um those that's that's an incredible incredibly valuable service for creators yeah. um so um you know as we kind of start merging more of these mediums i think there's going to be a lot of really interesting um developments in that space yes i agree and is that does jelly smack do that yes yes that's jelly right. smack does does a lot of that um in addition to many many more services sure. um yeah, I mean, the general problem is how do you kind of take the audience from one platform and move it to other platforms? And, you yeah. know, one of those problems, you might have to change your content, but also sometimes you have to develop new types of content. You sure. know, Twitter users are probably not as interested in the same things as like Instagram <laughs> users. I'm a big Twitter right. user. So it's like there's very different niches. on those That's interesting. I, so. I'm always so I'm always so curious as to why people are. Like, what is it about Twitter that pulls you? I'm not a Twitter user, to be totally, to be totally, I've never been a Twitter user. I just, it's not for me. Um, but that being said, it's obviously a very popular platform globally. So what is it that pulls you to Twitter? Is it news-based? Is it like industry stuff? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all, it's like the niches for me, you know, like I okay. think, and we'll get into this. Um, I think a big, a big part of our learnings of, of getting so deep in TikTok over the past two years are how important niches are and sub communities are within these kind of larger mm-hmm. larger spheres um, of social media platforms and i think yeah. twitter just as like you know a tech enthusiast you mm-hmm. know someone who spent most 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 of their lives in like in in that um space i think twitter just has like a lot of those kinds of like people kind of like you know vcs elon musk sure. like fintech kind of stuff but that type of content like i'm a little bit ashamed to admit it but it, it does appeal to me um, oh, so i think I it appeals to in. a lot of people i don't think that the, <laughs> i don't think there's anything to be ashamed of it's just you know it's very it's very interesting to me um just you know everyone everyone seems has a very unique use for twitter so yeah i mean the product sucks like yeah. it's such a bad they can do so much more with it it's like so disappointing and um I mean, they, they're, they're, I, I think it, again, it stems from monetization. Like no one can monetize anything on their, their ad stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a text is a really, really interesting medium. I, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Of course not. No. Um, so I hope there will be more innovations there, either with new platforms, new text platforms or with Twitter, just getting better. Cause I, I think we're still on uh, some of the first innings for text-based social networks. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right there actually. Um, it sort of felt like for a while, I think before TikTok came about, it felt like we were very stagnant in the social media space, right? And now it's just everything is flipped on its head. I mean, I talk about this all the time, but this recommendation media stuff is is a trip. I mean, it makes me, and, and you might have an interesting perspective here, but some of the things that sort of float through my head on this are like, if I'm a brand, right? So a lot of our clients are brands, um, in the, on the brand side of our business versus the creator side. So when I think about a lot of our brand clients, you know, it's, it takes an awful lot of time and energy and money to develop a channel on a social media platform. And if we're shifting to a recommendation engine, I wonder, like, what do you, what do you, do you think it's still worthwhile for them to go out and invest in that? Or should they just go a paid and creator strategy? 
I think it it depends on the brand. That's okay. <laughs> a cop out answer, but uh, of course it does. Um, I think brands that do well there. I I do not. I I think there are really good examples of brands out there that have done well with their own generated content, but it's a much sure. much more difficult strategy. I think the chances of success are much lower. I think than if you go mm-hmm. with a creator creator based strategy. Uh, but also the upside, I think, is potentially higher if you do it like super well, like these brands, like um, you know, Duolingo on TikTok right. and um, Chipotle. I think has done really well across a, a bunch of channels. So we we can go into many case studies. Um, but yeah, it's like if you're gonna do that as a brand, I think you need to be prepared to like put a big investment in it um, mm-hmm. versus like creator, which you can. You, I think you can kind of do a little. It's a little easier to experiment, run a few experiments, get quick results. Um, creating your own branded content is a massive investment and it's going to take mm-hmm. a lot of time, um, a lot of time to um, see results quickly. You can't do like quick iter- iterative experiments, I think. Yeah, that's probably, easily. that's probably right. And I know, you know, looking at, I know you guys spend a lot of time looking at trends on these platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what would you say the life cycle is of the average TikTok trend? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we'll typically see anywhere from like two weeks to like two months um, is like the life cycle um, for a trend that's doing really, really well, like near the top of our rankings. We'll see it growing uh, in the first few days. It will grow at least 50% per day um, from like, let's say a few hundred videos to uh, 10,000 um, videos at least. Um, and then the ones that are doing really well, will continue that pattern mm-hmm. until they hit 1 million videos. Um, just got to, and is one, that, is yeah. 1 million videos kind of the, is that the threshold for being a viral trend? Um, we actually define virality on growth less so than absolute numbers. Um, gotcha. you'll see like, I'll, I'll give an example. Like, um, there's actually hundreds and hundreds of sounds out there. Mm-hmm. um that are um over a million videos um and some of those are like i i don't think a majority of people would qual would classify them as like a tiktok trend like okay um you know journey don't stop believing that's just like a massive song a lot of people make videos you know and use that song as it's used in like movies and tv shows and everywhere and like is there a trend around that not really uh, but have like people use that sound over the past like two years in a bunch of different videos and they're different types of content. Uh-huh. Yes. That makes sense. Um, yes, of course, so there's got to be a, slow a, time, a time element to, to virality. Yes, exactly. It's about time. It's about concentration. Mm. Um, I mean, when does a trend really start resonating with you as a consumer of the application? It's when you like see it over and over and over. And then you go to dinner and you talk to your friends about it. And you're like, oh, have you guys seen this like TikTok trend that like is doing and like everyone's seen it like in that week. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's when we really see the numbers on TikTok, you know, the, the video counts that we all, you know, pour over every day, start translating. Um to cultural moments, right? Mm-hmm. On off-platform conversions or oh, yeah. um, streams or whatever, whatever metric you're trying to hit. Yeah, absolutely. I think I listened to a, I believe it was a, a podcast on um, the New York Times had done on their, the daily perhaps. Um, 
Anyway, this this uh, journalist was talking about their, their sort of, you know, when you have a really good meal or a really good bite of something, there's something that you they call like mouthfeel, right? Like the mouthfeel of something. And what she was equating these like TikTok, these audio memes to are, it's like a brain feel, right? There's something in your brain that's just triggered by these very random like people talking in a certain way or, you know, a, a beat sort of dropping at a certain point that those, they just connect and it's immediate. It's like you, you just crave more and more of it. It's like a, a sugar hit, um, to, you know, for your body, to your brain, those endorphins just go nuts. Right. Um, so, I mean, you think about that, it's like, of course, if a, if a brand wants to take advantage of TikTok, they're going to go for that brain feel. Right. And then mm-hmm. they're going to hope that they're going to pop onto trend pop. They're going to look at some things and figure out what's, what's working and what's not. Um, but I mean, what, like, how would you, how would you guide a brand in terms of audio? Would you say, yeah. Hey, you know, license a song, license a, you know, do this. Or would you make that, you know, would you have them make a sound? Would you have them partner with creators to make a sound? Cause I know what we do, but I would be interested to know what you think based on, you know, growth and virality that you've seen and measured in the past, you know, year and a half. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah. I guess to start answering that question, I would, I would, I would zoom was, out it a was bit. A, it was a loaded question, wasn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I have an answer, but it will okay. be long-winded. Sure. <laughs> um, so I guess we we first need to think about you know what is what what makes like content viral. Like what what is mm-hmm. the secret sauce to make like a trend? Right. That's the million-dollar question. Sure. Um, and then you know once you have a good idea of how to attack that, then you can start thinking about like, oh, what, what sound to pick and what, um, what content to pick, what creators to work with. Um, um, so the way we, we, we kind of did a breakdown of this on, with, uh, uh, on a blog post with, uh, our friend, okay. Brendan, uh, Gann, who's, um, chief, cre- chief creative officer. I'm going to butcher his title, but he works at mechanism and agent, okay. uh, social agency. He's been doing this work for a lot time highly recommend checking out his twitter and he has his tiktok that's very active um on these topics but um what we did is we tried to we basically analyzed like thousands and thousands of trends um that we found in our database um we have we track hundreds of millions of sounds um in trend pop um, uh, and uh, we have a database the size you have two billion videos so we have like way too much data that we would ever look at um um, and probably most of most of those data points, no one would care about. But we looked at the the very top ones, right? The ones that are growing the fastest, the most notable, like thousand growing sounds. And mm-hmm. we kind of narrowed it down to a few patterns, very generic patterns that we we tried to observe. Um, so none of these are going to be like super like um, like none of these are a silver bullet. Basically, every every sure. band always wants to know, like, oh yeah, like. Tell me exactly what to do, exactly what, and it's like no, you have to do some hard work. You have to do some experimentation. There's no, there's sure. no free lunch, right? But we can start seeing patterns across these trends, and I'll and I'll go over a few of of, of them for what we what we found. So the first is that a trend should be simple, um, and what I mean by that is when um, if you're trying to get a lot of people to like post a video about mm-hmm. about a, a, a thing, uh, right? Like to, to, to get a lot of creators to organically post content about this, to get those video counts up, to you know increase the virality of the trend. Um, people have to be able to do it. 
Right. Right. It's like kind of like a simple point um, when you think about it, um, but it makes a lot of intuitive sense. So for instance, um, riding a skateboard around, like drinking cranberry juice, like mm-hmm. anyone can go to a store, buy a thing of cranberry juice and like ride right. a skateboard. Well, not everyone, but like, it's a like pretty easy I to I mean, the, the, yeah. the CEO of Ocean Spray was able to do it. So yeah. Yeah. Right. There you go. Versus like a really complicated, like choreographed dance that like only, you know, professional dancers can do, which sure. can generate its own like type of awareness and a lot of views in a lot of cases, but it doesn't generate like, the type of trend that makes like any random person go and grab their camera right. and try to recreate yes. it. Right. That's virality, um, but that's not virality with involvement. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we've seen it even before TikTok, right? The ice bucket sure. challenge. Like it's oh, like, yeah, you know, um, anyone can do these things. It's simple. It's easy to recreate. Um, the other, the second factor that's interesting to talk about is uh, universal. Um, so this is, um, you know, um, uh, we also call it like relatability, okay. um, which is um, if you're truly trying to create like a global massive, massive trend, um, then to, to that you want to reach as wide of an audience as possible, um, then a wide audience has to relate to it, right? And often we see these come out in like very basic, like human emotions that everyone can relate to. Like um, if you're just out on a sunny day and you're like feeling happy and like smiling, like that's the kind of like cranberry juice totally. uh, on a skateboard one. Um, we see a lot of trends about like it's in, a, in the um, Gen Z uh, demographic about like relationships, like, oh, mm-hmm. when he does this, when mm-hmm. she does this, right? And that's like super relatable as a teenager. It's like all you're thinking about is your crushes and who's dating sure. one, whatever, right? Um, and um, and so on and so on. And the interesting part here is that the more, the, the larger of an audience you're trying to relate to, the bigger the trend could be um, but, uh, and will generate the highest numbers. But um, if you're not trying to go after like a massive, massive audience, you're just trying to really hit like a niche really, really well, you just need to relate to a smaller audience. So you know, the numbers that you'll, you'll do are maybe lower in an absolute sense, but you might be more targeted hitting the type of audience that you care about. If you're trying to reach an audience that really, really loves anime right. and you reference an uh, anime character that like all of them know really well, um, sure, that won't be like relatable to a massive audience. You're not going to get to like a million videos probably, but maybe you'll do really, really well um, if you're trying to drive brand awareness for a brand that does anime merch, right? Um, so kind of counter examples gotcha. to, to this, to this um, um, no, yeah. Yeah, but I think you're right. I mean, you have to, there, it's art and science. It's always art and science, right? And this is, this is very much a creative art. So you need, you need that inspiration and it, it can fall, it can fall flat, right? Yeah. If you, if you do it incorrectly and that does not feel good for anyone. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's a little, it's a little bit, you're putting yourself out there and I think it's a little risky. Uh, it feels a little risky to brands, um, to jump into the soup quickly. Right. Which is why I was asking about the life cycle of yeah. trends because the reality is like we see, we see some brands able to like figure it out and jump in really fast and go to it. Whereas other brands just wait and wait and wait and they just, they can never really get there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think CPG brands are notoriously slower on a lot of that sort of stuff, but then yep. you have like Q- QSR, um, you know, the Jack in the box, the Taco Bell, the Chipotle's and they're right there. Yep. Right. Um, so, and it's, it's a little bit of a difference of an audience as well. Right. But yep. it is, it is interesting. There is, you're right. There is no secret sauce. Yeah. I wish there was, if there was a secret sauce, if I ever figure out the secret sauce, 
we won't be talking on this podcast uh, from my office here. We will be doing a podcast from like, <laughs> my own my own private island, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and it's constantly changing too. I mean, yeah, the the game is. for attention is zero sum. Like exactly, <laughs> that's a <laughs> like great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Know. And we are. I mean, we're in the attention economy, right? That's yeah. how that's how we vote. It's like you vote almost less with your. You know, it ultimately all comes down to dollars and how you vote with your dollars. But you really you vote with your attention and your eyeballs. And there's there are a lot of platforms, and this is just social media that's vying for your attention. You know, this isn't Netflix, this isn't Hulu. You know, any of those other. This isn't Roblox. Like, yep. it's a, a small a small amount, and we spend a lot yep. of time on it. So, yep, yep. But um, yeah, I did want to loop back to your initial point. So, yes, just getting back to kind of more your initial question, like, okay, like. I'm a brand, like, give me some practical, mm -hmm. practical tips, right? Yep. Um, so I, I think the easiest way to get started on TikTok, if you don't know the platform super well, is just understand it um, and latch on to existing uh, trends that are already happening. It is yes. much easier to find and, um, I don't want to say exploit, no, but bad. you can jump on the bandwagon. Use, you can jump, jump you on the bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can participate in those trends. Participate. Yeah, yeah that's, better, <laughs> that's a better way to put it. But yeah, it's much easier to participate in virality than create your own virality, mm -hmm, right? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one thing. Uh, that's a, 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 a common misstep we see with brands coming to the platform um, saying, oh, yeah, we'll like create our own trend. You, you mentioned like creating like a song and stuff like that. Like that can it's kind of like creating your content, like that could, the payoff there could be massive, massive, but it's really hard to do. Um, and it's much lower chance of success. And you're gonna, um, you might have a better hit rate, um, just kind of latching onto something that is already working and already has yeah. um, uh, demonstrated success. Now, it, of course, that no free lunch that comes with its own risks, you know, you'll be seen as like a copycat as a brand. And there's so, so there's a lot of pitfalls there. Sure um to watch out for uh but that would be that's my like general recommendations just you know okay. pick the top 10 20 trends look through them figure out which one of them can be adapted to your brand your content um and try it out yeah. and i think the other kind of general piece of, of feedback i give on tiktok is um the platform is so fast moving um so authentic so raw and the content the cost of creating content is actually much much lower Mm -hmm. than other platforms the cost of creating content that does that can do pretty well is like much much lower so like take advantage of that and create a lot of content like like if uh if you are a social media manager as a brand on tiktok um i would say instead of spending you know a week two weeks per post like perfecting every little thing sending it to a designer creating a perfect script or whatever just like take a list of like 10 20 trends and just pump yeah. stuff out very quickly and well you so get better at it anyway right you're getting yeah. better you're faster you're like more involved in the platform so it makes yeah. sense. i think that's why a lot of brands have hired what they're calling like chief tiktok officer right yeah but they, or they're hiring personalities to come come through and run those accounts for them because you identify those trends a lot quicker you have someone who sold you know and you have a face behind it which which makes a lot of sense you have a better connection to the brand so um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, two practical tips if you're um, trying to get up, get off the ground on TikTok. Yeah, that's great. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people need that. Now, where now here's my question: Where do they find the trends? Right? Because mm. um, if you're a brand, 
you, you're going to go like when I go to the TikTok, like business page effectively or whatever, whatever that page is that they, you know, they they list all the trends. I see a lot of things on there that I don't necessarily believe are actual are like the top trends. Do you know what I mean? It feels a little bit sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, this is the business creative, the TikTok business creative center. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I, this is the one that like doesn't have numbers on it and it's Mm kind of like, they're just like, Oh, it's call of duty today. And it's like, how much is call of duty spending with you? Yeah. And they have this like graph with like no axes. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, oh, where you're what like, I can't even read this. There are no numbers on this. What am I? Yeah. What am I looking at? So someone just yeah. took paint and drew a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it, it's impossible for TikTok to, I mean, if you think about the business unit behind that, building the tools there, you know, what's their number one goal is to drive revenue, to drive more sure. brand sales. Um, so that's their goal. So that, so, you know, they're not necessarily looking to like authentically give you the, the best view of what's what's happening on the platform they're looking to get you to spend money and so maybe they're a little more biased to like types of trends that brands would be more likely to spend money on and things like that um but yeah i mean this is a big reason why a lot of our users use trend right we give you a much much more in-depth view of mm-hmm. every single trend we attach it to real numbers um, we give that like unfiltered view of like the top 10 top 20 sounds for any given week day month um, at any time period that you want, um, to just get to like the, the, like the real thing. And even in certain cases, like we, we work with a lot of record labels, um, in certain cases, they'll tell us that we have data and they have direct relationships with TikTok and they'll tell us, oh, you guys have data that like, we aren't able to get directly from TikTok. And we have like a TikTok account Mm -hmm. executive and our like, you know, company has like a formal business, you know, arrangement with TikTok yet. They're not giving us data because there's, you know, they have different incentives, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We work with a lot of like music companies and, you know, a big, big problem is tracking um, UGC sounds Mm. on TikTok. Um, So like creators take songs and they speed them up, they slow them down, they remix them, they mash them up with other songs. And it's like a kind of like a copyright content ID kind of problem kind of problem right and there's like that's a very complicated problem with a lot of like incentives for you know tiktok and the copyright owners um that want like different things so uh, that's kind of an interesting space where we found that we've been able to find more than than tiktok even gives you in its own tools interesting yeah wow i wonder how long they're gonna be happy that you're saying that (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a, uh, all of the data that we collect. Yeah, it's, like it all comes data. from the API, right? Yeah, exactly. You guys have yeah. API access, correct? Um, yeah. So there's some stuff that we get from the API, but there's also some stuff we just collect from the public web, right? Um, just as, oh, okay. you know, anyone calling. can, yeah, anyone can go open a web browser and, you know, type in tiktok.com and, you know, go and see how many, how the latest videos of, of a trend we can, we, we have systems that can do that. Um, and, um, and yeah, that's how we kind of collect so much data. So you can think about it as like, instead of hiring a operations manager or Mm -hmm. intern or whatever to like go and like fetch these numbers for you and keep on top of it. Uh, we're a software that just does that for you automatically. Yeah, that's nice. I know one of the things that we really enjoy for Adobe is, uh, just Adobe is account growth. Yeah. So that's always, that's always a fun one. And we are able to track also, you know, um, I think there were two videos that we did for them with creators 
that ended up being the highest performing videos the company had ever had. Oh, wow. Um, which was really exciting. And so we were able to show, you know, showcase that through some of the, the trend pop analytics, um, yeah. as well as just, you know, we could actually just look at it and see, but it was nice to kind of show the growth and, and how that those two viral videos had helped their TikTok account and their YouTube shorts um, accounts grow. So absolutely. Yeah. And are you seeing, yeah. are you seeing these trends on TikTok? Are they going over to YouTube shorts and Instagram reels with like the same like veracity or are you seeing just totally separate trends happening on those platforms? We have not yet done enough work, I think, to track okay. the like uh, the spread of trends uh, from TikTok to other platforms yet. We're just kind of getting into YouTube shorts. Um, we're starting to collect a lot of data there. We have like close to a billion okay. videos there. Um, and now we're starting to do some of the work that kind of correlates those two platforms and just like start to crunch a lot of that data. Um, but I mean, we, we know just from, you know, the business world that there is a lot of interplay between those two. Um, one of, uh, one of the big ways that we drive revenue on the creator side of our business, well, uh, collab, the company that acquired us that, sure. you know, we're not working closely with the creator side of our business, um, is a lot of helping short form video creators understand when their work has been plagiarized on other platforms like YouTube and helping them monetize that. Mm, and by plagiarize, you mean when they're literally taking it, taking yeah. that video, downloading it from TikTok and then throwing it into like a rap video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have plenty of YouTube videos, long form videos, sometimes shorts, like just um, taking that as just like, oh yeah, this is the TikTok, TikTok trend. And like, here it is on YouTube, right? Um, and you'll just have like random people do that and they turn on monetization, <laughs> they start earning ad money from it. But, you know, that, that money should go to the yeah. creator. So, so yeah. that's, um, and that's, it's kind of complicated too. It's like, you have like a long form video, 10 minute video, and you know, you have a piece of content that's like five or 10 seconds in that mm -hmm. video. So you how have you to kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, you have to figure out like, oh, you know, how many creators are in this video? How long is each of the, is their content figured? What's the split uh, properly to like, you know, get the, get the ad money. So there's a lot of like interesting problems that arise when the, in the interplay of this like short form and long form world uh, that we're going to see, see a lot more of. Yeah, that actually makes sense. I had honestly, I hadn't really thought too much about that until you brought it up, but yeah, I could absolutely see that being a, a big problem for creators yeah. and for, and for YouTube, for everyone really. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And then you yep. splice in there the, the copyright with music. If it's, you know, if it's the oh, primary yeah. is doing just, something, if it's, you know, <laughs> that adds a whole nother dimension and YouTube, I mean, YouTube faced this problem in 2006 so like their That's content right. ID system is like world, world class because they were forced to solve it in a really strong way. And TikTok is not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> like they're well, gonna take and I don't think we would expect it. Yeah, we wouldn't expect them to be there yet, right? That's yeah. That's pretty. It'd be a pretty egregious demand, I think, on a platform, even for as quickly as they've grown. It's like yeah, they're probably barely keeping things together over there with all the growth that they're seeing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly understand that. Well, what do you think is going to come about in 2023? What's your what's your plan? Like, what's your um, what's your vision or your estimation in terms of what is going to happen on TikTok Shorts Reels, like? Where do you see short form video going? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll give a few different perspectives on this. I'll give like okay. the perspective that we have at TrendPop and kind of what we're going to work on as a business and, and our vision for the next year. And then I'll give just like generally. Um, so, you know, I think what what we're really excited about at TrendPop is um, the continued like 
exceptional growth of just the creator brand like advertising revenues that are flowing into the system mm -hmm. um the you know ios 14 update like earlier this year plus with uh you know a general trend of companies getting better about like privacy um and targeting is making the advertising world uh it's starting the advertising world on its head and a lot of the revenues that went straight to like you know mobile targeted advertising are now kind of entering the creator space um and what's really exciting for us is the ability to scale out that advertising money not just to like these high tier creators and these like big stars like mr beast and whatever mm -hmm. that have, they have their own management teams that like are doing a fine job like connecting them with brands and there's not not much you know to add there uh, sure. but really to scale it out to like the middle class of creators right hmm. um the ones that are maybe they have full-time jobs or maybe they're you know they're making some uh revenue on youtube but their revenue on tiktok is not as good so they want to like embellish that and um to do that effectively you need technology uh, both on the brand side uh sure. because uh because like well the you way know, you're it, talking about it creators and brands are both businesses right yeah yeah absolutely um and brands can't you know, you can't spend like, uh, you, you know, all day pouring through creators of these small magnitudes because the return on your time for like negotiating with them and, and all the yes. things you need to do to make a deal happen yes. is like, it, it only makes sense if the creator is big and you're going to get a big return from the video and all the things you do. So you need this like element of scale is really where I think technology can fit in really well. And we've seen this a lot with a lot sure. of the platforms themselves, um, sure. trying to bring like the creator marketplaces that they have and, and other startups. So we're really excited about that space. And, um, I think the, the perspective that we're bringing that's unique is that we're really, really focused on understanding virality. Um, that is our core competency as a, as a company and, uh, our, uh, and we can use that core competency, I think, to drive advantages for brands that other marketplaces are not going to be aware of. Right. Mm. We know when a content, when content is going to be viral before it goes viral. Right. So we're really, really good at predicting the smaller creators that are not big yet that you should work with. Right. Because in like a few months time, they will be massive. Right. So those are the kind of advantages that we look for when we build uh, tooling like this. Um, or I'll give you another example. Um, looking for content that's already doing really, really well and then figuring out how to license that. Mm -hmm. um for our brands right so sure. it's not necessarily like you're paying for the content you're just going out and finding the gems um and then going and licensing that and using that to drive much much higher um media performance interesting yeah okay. and how would brands so how would brands want to do i guess that's kind of like the humor if they're using humor funny cat video style stuff um if you go back to the early days of youtube but if a, you know if, if a fitness creator let's use for example is creates a viral sort of video of them doing funny stuff in the gym. How does a fitness brand then license, like when they license that, how do they use that in their, in their own advertising to make, to basically up the performance of any sort of paid media? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really fascinating um, idea and one we've been investigating deeply. Um, so there's certain verticals where it works really, really well. Um, okay. I'll give you an example. Um, music. Um, mm -hmm when you have a record label that's trying to push a record and um you know they're like they're just you know they're just, they just want the music to be heard and TikTok's a you know audio 
um, um, based platform. So the content mm -hmm. isn't actually that important. You know, it's like, oh, whatever gets the music heard, right? right. Um, it's just important to understand what's the type of content that's going to do well and how do we continue to boost that, right? Um, and then you can figure out the conversion um, to make that, you know, a strong play for their advertising spend, figuring out how to like link it to Spotify and um, figuring out how to like get the pre-saves going. Um, but honestly, if you just create a viral trend with a sound, even regardless of what the content is and you do well enough, like you're going to make, you're going to see outsized returns on that for the next 10 years, just from the like streaming revenue alone. So that's mm -hmm. what all the record labels are trying to do. That makes sense from a music standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Um, now you go on to different types of content. So um, another one that works really well is TV film. Um, so you'll see, you know, um, Euphoria, for instance, had a big mm -hmm. moment that we were tracking last year. Okay. Um, and you'll see a bunch of fans just create like Euphoria content, right? Because that's just sure. what they do, right? Maybe they'll like splice some clips and they'll edit some stuff. Um, maybe they'll... Um, they'll create like animation videos or they'll draw something or they'll recreate scenes or something like that. Right. Sure. So, um, all of those things is perfectly aligned with the content. Um, mm. and it, there's a demonstrated, like, um, that there's demonstrated organic performance of that content, which is really, really powerful. Um, because you're basically doing the AV testing for your ad creative out in the wild, or like people have done it for you, right? You're just picking the winners and you're saying, okay, sure. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to repurpose that, right? Um, and so we've seen really, really powerful, like early results in that, in that um, field as well. Um, now, as you get more into like CPG and like, mm -hmm. you know, DTC brands, it's a little tougher, right? And it also requires like a shift in mindset too, because it's not, it's not the classic mindset at all. Like the classic right. mindset is, oh, let's figure out a way to advertise this product. And then let's tell the create, let's give a creator a brief and tell them what to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, which um which we're, like that that is that is one way one way to do it but if you can figure out how to find the content that you can repurpose already which is much harder you have to go digging right yeah um, well in a product-based economy it's like they're always updating and new and trying to get you to buy the newest latest thing which means it's much harder to go back even for something that was a year you know just yeah. last year it could be outdated so yeah yeah exactly it doesn't work in all cases um a good not, example yeah. where it doesn't work in music as well is like a new release like a record right. label wants to put a new release no one's using it, but, um, <laughs> so like that's that. So, you know, a lot of our customers, we tell them, okay, don't use this strategy. Like for this, like, it doesn't work for all cases. Um, do an Instagram like campaign for this, put some ads on Facebook, but like when you have, it's more about staying on top of your community and figuring out when is the right time mm, when you have an opportunity, yeah. a spending opportunity arises and being able to take advantage of that opportunity. Totally. Um, I'll give one last example of uh, a bread that did this really well recently. Uh, Chipotle. There was the corn mm -hmm. meme. Yes, the corn corn kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, corn kid meme. So you know they were like on top of it. They knew when it was happening, and they mobilized immediately. And I think they had a campaign that was like massively massive. You know, they got massive yeah. uh, return on investment on that um, without creating any concepts themselves. Uh, I don't even know if they created that much content. They probably just like went and licensed some stuff. 
Um, and well, they uh, had him. They had him it. going through the Chipotle like line, right? In some in some way, some I don't remember exactly how it went down, but yeah, um, you know, because Chipotle has corn as an option for one of their like fillings, right? Yeah, so yeah. It makes it makes perfect sense. Yeah, a, a great example of a brand, you know, taking advantage of an organic moment that they did not create, but they found, and they knew it right. was it was relevant to their business, and they knew it was a good opportunity to spend. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, they do, they do, they also do like their own campaigns that have done really, really well where they have, they bring their own ideas to the table. So it's not, it's not like this is the only strategy you can pursue, but it's a really exciting one. I think in this new age that yields, especially yields really good return on investment. Cause you don't have, it doesn't cost money to create an organic trend. Like you just have to find it. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to find it and you have to figure out the right way to position your brand. And I think that's, yeah. that's the hard part. It's like, how does yeah. How do we as a brand participate? But, you know, brands do spend quite a bit of money on market research to figure out who their identity is. I mean, people used to name them even, yep. right? The, who is who is the target audience? And so, um, you know, first, I think that I think that's why a lot of like smaller brands work. Like Chipotle is only trying to serve you burritos, right? They're not trying to serve you burritos and shampoo and Cheez-Its and like toilet paper, right? Yeah. So you don't have to be you don't have to be all things to all people. And when you've got that more, uh, niche sort of view, then it's just, it's, it becomes easier ultimately to create that. So absolutely, great. Well, um, you know, I, this was a really interesting conversation. I feel like I learned a lot. So Yohav, I appreciate you, um, joining us today and I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do next year. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This was really fun. Great. Um, and looking forward to seeing the podcast on the wild. Absolutely. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. If you're interested in setting the standard in influencer marketing, please check out our website, www.sostandard.com or give us a follow on Instagram and LinkedIn. Be sure to head over to the Social Standard YouTube channel to check out the video version of this show. If you're enjoying this podcast, please support us by subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review. Thank you.